Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Welcome to our Everything is Better with Creators Beyond Disability series. In 2022, Whaler joined forces with C-Talent, a Cannes Lion winner and one of the top management and consultancy companies representing high-profile, deaf, and disabled talent. I'm Ashley Rudder, and in this series, we're on a mission to change the way people view and define disability. I will interview top C-Talent creators and global thought leaders from across the disabled community to start difficult conversations to raise awareness and acknowledge the lives of disabled people. Now, let's get these conversations started. Two years ago, C-Talent creator Maya Pohl was a student at UMass Amherst. She described herself as the average active college student until suddenly she found herself unable to walk. It quickly opened her eyes to the discrimination faced by disabled people. In response, she has become what she calls an accidental disability activist, and her content is wildly popular on TikTok. Today, nearly half a million people follow her as she jokes, dances, and sashays down the fashion runway of life. Now let's delve into Maya's story and learn how she makes incredible content ranging from accessibility hacks, modeling for Savage X Fenty, and educating her TikTok audience on how they can support the disabled community. Here we are, and Maya is in the building. How are you, Maya? Welcome to Everything is Better with Creators. How is it going? It's going pretty good, thanks. How about you? I'm so good. I'm so great. Um, I love it when we have guests on our podcast it brightens my day and i am just so excited to talk to you and hear and learn more about you maya and so are you ready to get into it let's do it let's do it all right so i would love for you to let our our followers and our listeners know a little bit more about you like what's your backstory what were you doing before content and how did those moments lead up to who you are and how you're representing yourself on social right now before I got into the whole world of creation, I was set on going to medical school. I was a college student. I'm still a full-time student at UMass Amherst, and I was completely focused on my academics. I was also in a few clubs. I did. Um, I was on this the university step dance team. I oh, 
participated in like STEM extracurricular activities, working with middle schoolers and teaching them about STEM. Um, and in high school, I was also super focused on my academics and I was a runner, I was a gymnast, I was super athletic. And then my sophomore year of university, I, my disability began and I had to start using a wheelchair and my disability kept progressing pretty quickly. And eventually I realized that my focus of medical school and all of my future career dreams were just not going to be physically possible. And I had to start shifting gears and honestly had no idea what I was going to do. So it's kind of like two separate stories along that same timeline, uh-huh. um, maybe three years ago, a year before I started creating, one of my friends kept joking about how I should start a TikTok. They're like, you should start dancing on TikTok. You would get famous. And it just became a running joke. Like, oh yeah, like I'll download TikTok and I'll become a viral creator. It was a joke because I didn't have any social media. I deleted all social media platforms back in high school because I just, I couldn't handle it. It wasn't for me. It's something that happens to a lot of people. Like it, social can be so overwhelming. But you know, but you said, but you found another, you, you, it, you were, found yourself inspired, it sounds like. So I had a friend who wanted me to be, who, I had a friend who really believed in me and thought that I could become a viral creator. Um, and I, again, as my disability was progressing, I was needing a lot more assistance and I actually had an emotional support dog. She was my best friend. Her name was Milu, Maluchikis the Puchikis, uh, but she ended up passing away as my disability was getting worse. And that was really, really sad. Um, she went as peacefully as possible. But, I'm so um, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yes. Sadness for friends, uh, but I realized that I wanted more companionship, that I couldn't train my own dog again. Like I'd, I'd rescued my previous dog and I couldn't do that again. And so I was like, you know what? Let's see if I can get a service dog. And I looked into a bunch of different programs and realized that I was going to have to go with um, a program that was probably going to cost a lot more money. Like, you know what? I'll start a fundraiser. I tried one fundraiser before. I tried one GoFundMe. I made about $300 in six months. So I knew I had to share it. I had to do something social media and so i started platforms on tiktok instagram youtube everything and i launched my gofundme for a service dog and february 15th or 16th i forget i posted my very first dance video and did well kept posting and the rest is history so incredible so incredible so the 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 friend's idea turns into the vehicle for you to get the the type of of aid that you needed and the fans and the followers showed up for that. I love that. I absolutely love that. So tell me tell me more like about your content creation process and like how has your disability affected how you create content? My disability controls every single aspect of content creation because my disability impacts every single aspect of my life. It influences my experiences and who I am but it also physically dictates what I'm able to do. So if I wanna do a more involved idea that requires a lot more planning, like when I first started learning dance videos, I did not have the energy to be doing the same dance 20 times over. And so when I first started learning dance Mm -hmm. trends, I would sit there and I'd be like, okay, it's like, and I do the motions really, really tiny. And then I'd be like, okay, I think I got this. And I would try to get every single dance in three takes or less, I'd be like, we're going to go for it. If I don't get it, wow. we're going we're gonna to have to rest. You're moving on, right? <laughs> I, 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 love, I love the thought process there in terms of like, it's also okay. Like if it doesn't happen that day, it's, it's cool because those things happen for sure. For sure, for sure. So when it comes to- uh, When it comes to days when I might not be feeling making content, when I, my body physically might not be able to, 
to or I might I might not be in the right headspace um because I've had a lot of those days where I just physically can't move can't get out of bed I do also like to stockpile on content so if I'm having a really good day I'll make as many videos as I can and then maybe a couple days during the week I'm bedridden I can't do anything and I can just go draft mm. post <laughs> Yeah, you're ready, set, go, because you've already you've got that bank of content together. When it comes to platforms censoring disabled content, because I have been hearing that they do that, uh, what would you like to see moving forward? And would you like to share some of your thoughts around that? There is a massive issue with how platforms censor and treat disabled creators. The ableism that exists in the real world and every single aspect of life also shines through very clearly mm. in social media platforms, be it through the algorithm of the platforms themselves or the way that other creators and users engage with disabled creators and make content surrounding disability. And one thing that's extremely frustrating to see, um, especially with TikTok, it's where I see it the most, they give disabled creators community guideline violations all the time, mm. put sensitive content warnings over people with physical differences or medical devices, and they will use the, the they'll use the random community guideline violations that are completely unwarranted to deplatform creators who might be using their platform to promote their business or promote their or sustain their livelihoods. And these platforms are silencing their voices, silencing their experiences, and directly preventing them from being able to support themselves. And so, actually, over the last few months. I've been collecting videos from other disabled creators on TikTok talking about how this video was taken down, this video was held for review, I had my account deleted, can you please help me get my account back? Because that happens wow. every single day. It's it's out of control how much it happens, and I know it happens for minority creators across the board, um, but if, if social media platforms could start to address those inequalities, address the implicit biases within their algorithms, and then do more to actually support the creators and address the harassment that we receive. Because the comments that I have received, I know that if you put yourself out there on social media, you're going to get negative engagement. Mm -hmm. I know that people say it's just a part of the internet. It doesn't have to stay that way. No. Um, but people will say absolutely god awful things that I don't know if I'm even allowed to say on this podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. I, that, I mean, again, people blow my mind on where they feel like they have the 
like and that's something that they should do like obviously we all have, have rights of, of free speech but why would you choose to use it um, in that way, it, it's beyond me for sure. And I think that, I mean, I think this is a, a, a healthy conversation because it's a double-edged um, conversation of like, you know, platforms say that they are trying to uh, protect the disability community through some of, of these filters and parameters um, because of things like that. But how much, like, what would you want policed and what do you not and how, how to protect your, your mental health and, but also make sure that you're given an equal amount of airtime as a creator who doesn't have a disability. I think the pop, these different platforms need to look at the way that they moderate content. I know for TikTok specifically, a lot of it is user-generated moderation where people can flag and report videos and that tends to result in creators having their videos removed. Mm. Even if they're speaking out against harassment, they can still get a community guideline violation for addressing problems themselves without being problematic. Interesting. Um, okay. So I think, like, for example, myself as a disabled creator, or a better example, um, one of my friends, she posted a video of her trying out her leg braces for the very first time. She's a wheelchair user. And with her leg braces, she was able to stand and start oh, okay. walking. And the comments that she received were the most disgusting, overtly sexualizing, and very problematic comments insinuating mm -hmm. doing very bad things surrounding her disability. And comments like that happen all the time where people will say things like, trigger warning, um, at least she can't run, and things like that, implying things that they want to do because of our disabilities. Oh, no. And I think that there's definitely a way for these platforms to censor out comments like that a lot more. A lot of the harassment that disabled creators get is just people trolling and making fun of disabilities and there are definitely better ways to censor that and then there's also better ways to address the videos that are directly harming disabled creators for example there's a massive creator with millions of followers who made a joke about how if you see a service dog by themselves that probably means that their handler is in distress so you should follow the service dog and rather than encouraging their followers to help the disabled person they said you can take their wallet which is so oh, problematic no. so problematic and videos like that that further add to the direct systemic oppression that disabled individuals face on a day-to-day -day basis in the real world that kind of content is still allowed and permitted on these platforms where people mock gestures that are associated with different disabilities or they'll they'll just say horribly ableist things um and it just it goes completely uncensored. The disabled creators get community guideline violations and the harassment, that the problematic content stays up and it doesn't have to be that way. It shouldn't be that way. Um, so again, like all, all of our, all of our followers and listeners that have the ability to affect change around this, um, please definitely don't let, allow this to fall on, um, fall to the wayside because, you know, again, it just is beyond me that these things that are supposed to be protecting the community um, as at large is actually um, definitely is obviously hurting the community as well. Because again, like why would, why would users be flagging that? That's, and that's wild. There should be protections against that. And as well as like, again, like boy, this is boilerplate things. Like there should never be anything problematic. There are sensors that can um, be clicked on and, and, a re a re look at the algorithm um, or with this lens is super, super important.
this is like, I'm so glad that you're giving me your opinion because I have been hearing lots of different opinions around um, how things are censored and how things could be changed. Um, so I really, really appreciate that insight and you sharing that with us. So when it comes to um, how you're how you're creating, because obviously there's so much to talk about in terms of ad, uh, advocacy, and um, but how do you balance that bit of advocacy against whatever your passion points are in terms of like what you share on your socials? It's honestly whatever I'm feeling in the moment. Like I said, when I first got into content creation, it was, this was never planned. I like to call myself an accidental advocate because I never planned on becoming an activist. I just kind of realized one day, oh, wait, I guess I guess I am considered a disability advocate at this point. I, I don't know what else I would call this. Um, but when I first started posting my videos, it was just dance. I just wanted to put dance videos out there mm -hmm. and raise awareness for my fundraiser. But then I got a lot of comments pointing out the fact that my legs were moving as a wheelchair user, they're like, your legs are moving, you're faking your disability. And I was like, whoa, hey, um, quick educational moment. Not mm. every single wheelchair user experiences complete paralysis. Paralysis can look very different for different people with different experiences. Mm -hmm. And there are a wide variety of other disabilities as well that could require someone to use a wheelchair. And so I started making educational content about that. And I got more questions and people would ask more things. And I would continue to make more educational videos about that. And then I started realizing, wait, as I'm growing this platform, and as people are really promoting and supporting my fundraiser, like people are really helping me, I was making the fundraiser was going so quickly I had never expected that I, the least I could do was continue to educate and use my platform for good so I thought back to when my disability first started and there were so many things that I was completely unaware of surrounding disability experiences and there are just so many things that I thought every single person should know it should be common knowledge and so I started a series um how to interact with disabled people because a lot of people just didn't know that and I continued creating more educational content and it's honestly just whatever I'm feeling in that moment. I don't plan ahead. I do whatever dance I'm feeling. If I see a trend on my For You page as I'm scrolling, I'm like, oh, I want to give that a try. Or if in my day-to-day -day life, some access barrier comes up or some topic relating to disability comes up, I'll make a video about that. Or if it's just a general life passion, um, I honestly didn't do that very much. I wanted to do a lot more of that recently and I'm working on that I'm trying to get better at planning content I want to I have some series that I want to put out there oh, nice. it's just gotta get organized I'm telling you that that is like one of the biggest pieces is you know like when you feel as though and you feel compelled that it goes from like an interest or something that's uh you know like spur of the moment to like you really wanting to be intentional behind the things that you put out and like all of the planning and scheduling and prepping that goes into that is is, a, is, is quite a, a situation. So is that how, so tell me this, I know that you are with C-Talent and for those who don't know, uh, C-Talent was recently acquired by Whaler and we couldn't be any more thrilled because when I met Keely about a year ago, I was um, so impressed with the roster and because again, we're like, my team and I are so committed to making sure that our castings to put forth um, creators for brands is truly diverse. When I saw C-Talent, it was just like a gold mine. So how did C-Talent walk into your life and how did you um, start deciding that you wanted to work with them? I, I think it was, I, I probably received an email. I forget exactly how things were initiated, um, but it was most likely through email. 
Yes. Um, and I saw an offer for management and I'd been considering management for a while because I knew that I had the capacity for more, more sponsorships, more opportunities. And as my platform was growing, I realized, wait, I love creating. I love educating. I love advocating. If I can turn this into a career, this could be an actual way to sustain myself. I can work this around my disability and actually do this. Um, but I also was a full-time college student trying to affect change on my really horribly inaccessible college campus. And mm. I didn't have the time to manage all of my platforms, keep up with all of my school, go to all of the meetings and search out brands and opportunities. Um, so I saw that. I reached out to some other creators who I knew had worked with them and everyone had glowing reviews. So I was like, you know what, let's give it a try. And I responded, we started doing some intakes, started having some interviews or talking back and forth and just kept the ball rolling. So good. So good. So who, who is your, who is your manager at C-Talent? I'm just curious. Oh, we love Abby. Yes. Okay. Good. Amazing. Amazing. She, yeah, she's absolutely incredible. And when okay so like okay with C Talent yeah so like so tell me about the things that you and Abby have been working on what brand campaigns have you enjoyed and what has really stood out to you in terms of um, the process and have you been really surprised by the ease and um, collaboration it, it ha that has come forth from those things? I've completed two sponsorships so far, um, and one of them was actually a social justice focus. Um, I got to talk about uh, gun laws, actually, and how they are changing in New York in the Supreme Court's recent decisions. And I also got to encourage people to register to vote. I had a link that they wanted me to provide where people could check the registration or get registered. And that was really cool to be sponsored to talk about something that I actually cared about and had wanted to talk about anyways. So that was a really cool opportunity. And then there was another company that I worked with, which... Um, wasn't necessarily a company that I felt the most personal connection to, but it was still a really cool opportunity and experience to practice working with a larger brand in that manner. And then of course, also being able to support myself because my disability and my access needs, life is expensive. And if I, mm -hmm. I, I never thought that I'd reach a point where I'd be able to actually support myself and be independent and, it's seeming more and more like that's a possibility. And then right now I'm working on one of the biggest and most exciting sponsors ever, but I'm not allowed to say anything else. Oh, that's so exciting. I always love, I lo I'm, I'm a sucker for a surprise. I love to be surprised. So I, now I'm going to be stalking your, your channels. And I like to, to see like when the big reveal is going to happen. I'm like, are we like a month out? Can you tell us that at least? Mm, end of summer, early fall. Okay. Okay, cool. Amazing. Amazing. Well, congratulations, even though I don't know what it is. Congratulations. I'm very excited about that for you. And like, so, so what advice would you give brands that want to work with disabled creators? And, or again, like you can also spin it to like, why should brands be working with disabled creators? Two really big, important questions there. Um, for any company, any community, anything that you're trying to do that's greater than yourself, it's important to have diverse experiences and perspectives. And so having a diverse experience of different disabilities and people with those disabilities to give their valuable input is really, really important. Um, they'll help address access barriers and make the space far more inclusive to a lot more people and make it far more enjoyable for more people. 
And so for brands that want to really promote their products and connect with more people and increase their buyer or increase their customers, um, disabled people are 25% of the population or 25% of the consumer force out there. And so ensuring that not only does your brand have products and things that are accessible that cater towards disabled individuals, it's also really important to have them on your teams in the background advising and working on the development to make sure that every single step of the way is actually accessible, inclusive, and promotes that branding of diversity. And so when a brand wants to work with a disabled creator, know that's what that's that's the value that you're getting. You're getting that inclusion, that representation. And disabled creators deserve to be compensated fairly for that and especially counting for the extra work that it might take for a disabled creator to get to that point and create the content that you're looking for from them. So true. So true. So good. And so beautifully put. I love it. What is some advice that you would give to uh, new disabled content creators? The most powerful thing you have about yourself or the most powerful thing for being a creator is being uniquely yourself. Who you are is the most powerful thing that you have and getting that through in your branding and your messaging and your images that you're putting out there as a creator, people will see that and there's there's power in being yourself and people connect to that and relate to that and whatever your focus is whatever your passion is leaning into that because if you're enjoying what you're creating that will shine through in your content as well and so know yourself be true to yourself know what you're comfortable doing because a lot of people will demand to know about your disability will ask horribly invasive questions know your limits you don't owe anybody anything and put yourself out there so good. That's fantastic and fantastic advice. Thank you so much for all of these gems that you're dropping, Maya. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for bringing so much joy and also so much education into our lives through all of your content. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Everything is Better with Creators Beyond Disability series. To listen to more episodes, check out Everything is Better with Creators on all podcast channels. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.